2: WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Yes! Now, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Show with Bo Bound. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bound radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul.
1: you're going to know a lot today on some of the Mississippi State players that, um, you know, maybe staying or going as far as guys on the team. And so today is kind of deadline day. And you're going to, I think you'll know more about Dylan Johnson, Xavier Thomas, and Woody Marks. Also, I know all, you know, majority of, the show the last year when we're talking about the transfer portal has been Ole Miss because of Lane going so heavy, and but also Lane labeling himself as the portal king. Um, Mississippi State's going to bring in a ton of portal kids for visits the next two weeks just to keep it out. I don't know how it's going to look. So it's not just going to be Ole Miss. Um, they're not going to pay hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars for for players uh, legally through NIL, but they're you know they've identified some players, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens today. Um, the teams that are in bowl games are lifting weights and things like that, and so it's kind of a uh, you're either in or you're out type deal. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 the zone, the Kessler Prime crew, Chris, and, and I don't, is Kevin coming?
3: Yes, I believe that he's bringing two two bartenders, Kevin and someone else, okay. a, new, a new bartender. All
1: so. right, so Chris and Kevin and another bartender Yes, will join us at 9.30 today. They'll make a Patron cocktail. Patron tequila is our new uh, partner. Super excited to have them. Uh, try the Patron Reposado. Uh, this is super premium tequila. Try the Patron Añejo or the Patron Extra Añejo. They'll also make a cocktail with uh, Long Branch or Russell's Reserve and a Tito's Vodka cocktail. So it's kind of a Christmas holiday-themed deal at 9.30 that Blake Mania came up with. The Farm Bureau insurance call-in line is 601-707-3750. Twitter handle at BowBounds. And your ag-up equipment. Ag Up Equipment Text Line is 601-885-3776. Um Blake may have woken up and chosen violence. Uh he went. He basically told you that um deep dish, I guess Chicago style pizza yeah. is dog poo poo. It and is there was a hell of a reaction on the Ag Up Equipment text line.
3: I don't know why.
1: I'll tell you what. Wendy and I did Sunday. We went to Bravo Italian Restaurant and Bar, and we Ooh. had the breakfast pizza.
3: Yeah. See, they do the thin crust. You know, either wood, whether you go to Bravo or Sound they do a good thin crust pizza. Yeah. That's that's one's
1: New York style. That's
3: a good yeah.
1: And one's wood fire.
3: Yes, but they're both thin. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is where it's at, man. That's, that's what it's all
1: about. There's a. Um, Uh, new restaurant and start taste has a a wood fired thing and they do flatbreads.
3: I've not uh, I've not eaten there since it flipped over from the like southern Oh to Italian. Yeah. Okay. Well
1: I'll take you when we go to a basketball game. But you know where we got to go. It's a wings Wednesday brought to you by two brothers. Yeah.
3: Oh there's no
1: doubt. And that's some of the best wings in the southeast. There's no doubt. And again I'll say it again if Wendy Bounds will eat your wings you know they're they're good. So this brings up a good debate. Because I've never ever she's never asked to like when I order wings. To have some. Right. And yeah. she did, and she was like, those are delicious.
3: Yeah. Um, it does bring up a good point though, like what is the best style of pizza? I know it's not National Pizza Day, but doesn't matter. Deep dish is terrible. Uh my thin crust is first thought it's at. is
1: wood fire. <sighs> but I love thin crust. But see, I, I guess, love a thin. But see, New York style can pull off a. It, it's still a Sal and Mookie's. I mean, that's a pretty hearty pizza. But like you said, how do I how do I describe how do I say it's a hearty pizza with a thin
3: crust? Well, it's not like Sal it's Sal not Mookie's. like skimped on cheese and marinara and toppings and right. everything like that. But it's not weighed down. See, there's a thin. There's a very fine line between having too little and too much topping because you can overload it
1: you can and and yesterday i thought about i was driving around and obviously sound mookie's in madison is right behind us and i thought about going and getting their uh, pizza slice and caesar salad deal for lunch and i didn't but i've been craving that we haven't been in a while instead i grabbed some uh, miso and a house salad
3: So, see, like, I guess here's my, all right, so wood-fired is the way you cook it, but I wonder what, like, type, like, so I just looked up types of pizza, right? Okay. And it said, here's the, and this is just a place's ranking, so it's not my ranking, but it says, (laughs) yeah, I mean, because they're wrong, but it's Okay, of course Uh, Here are the types of pizza. Nobody
1: likes to tell somebody they're wrong,
3: like, like mania. Go ahead. I mean, you got to keep people in check. Right. Here's the types that it says. And I've I've heard of most of these, but not some of them. Neapolitan pizza, I don't technically know what that. Uh, it dates back from the 18th century of Naples. Um, Chicago pizza, New York style pizza, okay. I know what those are. Sicilian pizza, which I don't really know what that is. Okay, um, that can be a number of things. Greek pizza, which I've had, and it's pretty good. Calif- oh, Greek, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah California yeah, yeah. pizza. I love Greek food. Detroit pizza, St. Louis pizza. And that's the, that's the eight types of pizza that they have. Okay. So does wood fire fit into all? Is wood fire just you could cook any of those types in a wood fire? I, yeah. I think so. Okay. That's what I would say, too. Because you could do brick or wood fire for almost any of those. Yes. Okay. So, yes. I I mean, it, like it was,
1: Jeff Jones with Jones EQ has a wood fire yeah. uh, pizza. It's more of a almost commercial, but looks cool as residential yeah. uh, pizza oven at his house. Gotcha. But that's just showing off.
3: Oh, Sicilian pizza is basically flatbread. I love flatbread, man. Yeah.
1: Okay, I love understand. it.
3: Gotcha. I tell you one that I want to try
1: is Enzo. Um, I mean, I've been there. I've had pasta. I've had the bolognese and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I haven't had the pizza Now, there. I've had Robert St. John's Pizza at Tabella in Hattiesburg and with him. And it was because he gave me a hard time. Uh, I ordered a grilled salmon, and he went, really? And I went, what? He went, you're here at my... Restaurant, you're not going to eat pizza. I said, okay, I'll eat pizza. So he ordered one, and I ate some of his pizza.
3: Oh, all right.
1: So where did we did we come to any conclusion there <clears throat> yeah, thin, before I move to on? To me,
3: thin crust is the best. I like your idea, though. I would take, as long as it's a thin crust pizza, I'll take wood fire or I mean, you know, I'll, the wood fire does add a different flavor to it, for sure. Okay. But I think thin crust is where it's at.
1: Wood fire is essentially...
3: Neapolitan. That's what that's what Josh says. Yeah. Well, Josh. would Josh is a foodie. He's yeah. In the food business, but he also said he likes Chicago style pizza. So, can we trust him? Oh,
1: I think so. Okay.
3: The way that guy has cooked. <laughs> I like. I'm Nick's, still waiting for
1: Josh to come cook on the Gourmet Guru Grill. That's correct. Because he's got one. He's the first yeah. person I knew that had one at his house.
3: Yeah. He needs to bring it up or bring himself up here and do that. Nick says Chicago style pizza is like pouring a can of Spaghettios on a pie crust. Wow! Yeah, he's right. It's like badly made lasagna. Oh, how bad are spaghettios? It's like badly made lasagna. Nasty. <laughs> it's tough
1: to screw up lasagna.
3: <laughs> and then there's Sean, who has to be the real, uh, you know, problem starter, which says, "Does pineapple go on any of those types of pizza?" No, hell no. <laughs> you know, you don't put pineapple. Dude, on- pineapple ham and pepper and pepperoni, a little ta- a Hawaiian no, style. That's oh. awful. Oh,
1: I agree with Chef gruel out of la that's right that guy's a maniac on twitter probably the best follow on twitter andrew gruel i think is yes. his name. yes uh owns like 27 restaurants what well, no he sold out how'd he do that he put, i think he put that deal together during covid i'm not sure i'll have to go back and look man that guy's an animal on twitter i'm talking about some food porn The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, brought to you by Patron Tequila, Patron Reposado, Super Premium Tequila, Patron Añejo, and Patron Extra Añejo. You can find it at Briarwood Wine and Spirits. Tom Luganville at 830 on the Yingling Lager Guest
4: That's
0: chumbacasino.com.
4: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back. Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton bank and Celtic bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
1: I was listening to Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback, on uh, the Rossillo podcast this morning before the show. And Trent Dilfer is the new head coach at UAB. And I can't wait to see if he can make it work. Can he hire the right people? You know, get everybody in place and go win. Uh, Dilfer, former, former NFL quarterback. Uh, Won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Um, John Gruden tried to kill his career at Tampa Bay. Moved around a little bit. Was playing some really good football at Seattle and then got hurt. Uh, Then he joined ESPN. I think many of you remember him on, you know, all sorts of different shows, Blake. I mean, Dilfer was doing tons and tons of media. And then he got let go. He was part of the, really the first kind of, Run of uh, downsizing in the world of Disney but slash ESPN. When they overpaid for the NBA and some other things, as y'all know, they started downsizing. And Dilfer, who I thought was really good on TV, uh, very opinionated, uh, was let go. And he had already made a ton of money. He talks about how he thought he was going to retire. And he played golf 218 times in the year after he retired in 2018. And he said he was, after that, he was miserable. He realized he wanted to do something. And he eventually ended up in Nashville and was the head coach at a high school there. Blake, will you Google that for me, please? And turn that program around big time. One big after the first year. I think he went seven and six. And then they just ripped off wins uh, left and right. He's also been a part of the whole QB uh, coaching, uh, lead 11, all that, right? I mean, he he's very, very close to Tua. I mean, if you give him a microphone, he will tell you Tua is Patrick Mahomes or Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or Tom Brady. And I know Tua's playing better this year. Obviously, Mike McDaniel is an amazing coach. He's a little wonder nerd down at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Yale played, Mike McDaniel played ball at Yale and Eventually ended up with Kyle Shanahan. But anyway, I, I want to keep an eye on UAB and see if this works. You know, are we are we going to see more kind of former player celebrities go into coaching? We just saw what, uh, or witnessed right in front of our eyes, what happened with Deion Sanders. I never thought game day would come to Jackson, Mississippi. No. And they did. And that's, that's amazing, and it's wonderful, and I love it. And, and they went undefeated, and they won the SWAC championship, and so on uh i don't think that the 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 split was amicable but hell when is it you know i mean it's rare and so uh, blake trent dilfer's a big name birmingham metro area you know he he goes on and on in the podcast um about hey look i i didn't need any more money uh I, it, it
3: it was fulfilling the coach high school football, turned the program around. What was it, Blake? The program? Uh the program is Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. Thank you. They All went right. thirteen and one this past 13 season. Thirteen and one. There you go. That's a hell of a record.
1: And and so Trent Dilfer, former NFL QB, now head coach at UAB, said look, he was telling Marcilla, I'm I i was gonna take a job in the Northeast. I wasn't gonna take a job in Nebraska. He said I was only going to coach and, and Trent Dilfer's a west coast guy. And he said, I was only going to take a job in the South where it matters. That's what he said. And he says, I, I, I think I can get players. He said, I think I can get NFL players. He said, now I'm I going to, you know, he talks about, he said, am I going to have Alabama or Georgia's roster? Obviously not. He's not even going to have Mississippi State or Ole Misses, which is, and again, sometimes we don't think about this because Blake's so negative. Those are really good rosters. <laughs> In the world of college football, Mississippi State and Ole Miss have big-time, really good athletes. But Dilfer's like, look, we're I'm going to have NFL. Oh, he's going to be like Dion. He said, I'm going to have NFL guys on my staff. Yep. And that's the new thing. You know, I played or I coached in the NFL, which means I can take you to the NFL. Yes. That doesn't always correlate, but this is where we're going. And UAB's got just enough money to entice Dilfer out of Nashville to go to Birmingham and take this job now will it work i don't know will dion at colorado work i i don't know i don't it won't work like it did at jackson state but what is working you know they've been awful so what is working seven and five eight and four um
3: whatever gets him to the next step is what's maybe a working.
1: nine and three now that southern cow and ucla are, are leaving the pac 12 i mean with Southern Cal leaving and UCLA, that you know, whatever. Who's the best? Who has the best program now? Oregon, Utah, and Utah. Maybe Washington. Yes, those are the three. Uh, Arizona State, I've always thought was a sleeping giant, but my gosh, we've been saying that for years about Arizona State and Texas A and M. At some point, you got to wake up. They don't ever do. It's it. like people yeah. in your life, you know, people that you know that you think, uh, man, that that guy or or, or lady. I mean, they have potential and, and they have talent and they have uh you know, upside and they can do but they don't win. And then ten years later right. you're saying so, the same thing. So yeah. I, I've been doing this deal now. This is my twentieth football season on the air, and we've been talking about A and M, and I think it is a gold mine, sleeping giant. When are they gonna wake up? And Arizona State, Phoenix, Tempe, Scottsdale, whatever, when are they gonna wake up? So anyway, also something to think about is Scott Satterfield just left Louisville. This is what a dumpster fire this athletic (laughs) department is. He just left Louisville as the head coach to take the Cincinnati job. Now, I know the Natty is now going to be Power 5 and going in the Big 12, but still, that's kind of crazy. And Barry Odom, former defensive coordinator, well, was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, is now the head coach at UNLV. uh, And we've got some other movement. Going on, we'll we'll just kind of see what else shakes out here. And your Mississippi State Bulldogs are playing the Fighting Illini and Brett Bielema in Tampa. And Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss Rebels are playing uh, Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl in Houston. Both teams will play in an NFL stadium. Let's be honest. If you're 19 or 20 years old, that's cool. That's what it's all about. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care what y'all can all talk down balls and whatever. When you tell a 19, 20, 21 year old that you get to go to Houston or Tampa for four nights and don't have to pay for it, get a bunch of ball swag, get to go to maybe go to a Rockets game, maybe go to a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, you get to go practice on that field, that all, the locker room, yep. big time steak and lobster dinners, blah blah blah. It's a big deal. Huge deal. It's a big deal. So before you say bowls don't matter, my question is, does it matter to a 20-year-old?
3: Who's it for? That's Maybe that's the problem. Is we well, who, According who to all the Bulls alums for? that
1: I talk to, it's all for them. NIL's right, all for them. Right. Whether they like it or dislike it. You've got a bunch
3: of get-off-my-lawn guys. Um, Who've been donating, by the way, to their booster club for umpteen years, but can't fathom the idea of donating to the player themselves.
1: I can't believe that people can't get come. Can't are not comfortable with players getting compensated. It I mean everybody else has been paid in this whole thing, coaches, athletic administrators, people in sports marketing, bowl CEOs, handlers. I mean the bowl see we read what a couple years ago the guy that it, it was the Outback Bowl now it's the ReliQuest Bowl is making one point two million dollars a year to be the bowl CEO. What does that
3: even mean? Exactly to watch five For, football four games?
1: golf tournaments a year and you know. Yeah. a bowl game and whatever. Everybody, DC's OCs are making 1 million, 1.5 million, 1.8 million wide receivers, coaches and running backs coaches, for God's sakes are making six, seven, eight hundred thousand $800,000 a year. Okay. Associate ADs are making a buck 50, 200, $250,000, which is wonderful. Vendors that are tied into sports marketing are making money. Yeah. yeah. And, and, We start talking about, you know, um, Jaden Crumity or Jackson Dart getting money and people act like it's just, we've gone nuclear. The purity of the sport is gone. (laughs) I just don't understand. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Went McGee, the Mortgage Man. MortgagemanMS.com. And we're powered by Superior Foundation. Tom Luganbill with ESPN. Coming up next on the Yingling Lager Guest Line.
4: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And a good morning to you. We'll have Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He'll join us here in just a minute. He'll join us on the Yingling Lager Gas Line. Fantastic beer out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Goes with anything, including Blake's Thin Crust Pizza. That's right. Wood-fired pizza, New York-style pizza, and a Yingling Lager. Oh, man. And any burger on the Bulldog Burger menu in Lake Harbor and Ridgeland, Startville, or Tupelo a yingling lager, and a uh, and a burger from Bulldog Burger. That's a good thing. Y'all call us, invite us, we'll show up. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're streaming live on the thezone1059.com. I want to let you know at 9.30 we'll have the Kessler Prime crew in. Um, Chris, Kevin, and others, and they're going to mix uh, Christmas cocktails for us. We just landed Patron Tequila, the number one tequila in the United States and the world, because that's how we do it. And so they'll make a Patron Tequila, a Long Branch Bourbon cocktail, and a Tito's Vodka cocktail. So it's kind of a Christmas party, Christmas cocktail theme with Patron, Long Branch, and Tito's. We're looking forward to that. That'll be at 930. You can watch like you can right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. We welcome in our friend Tom Luganbill on the show. Lugs,
2: where are you right now? I'm actually at home. I'm uh, putting together our Capital One Bowl Mania show that we'll be airing on ESPN. I've got to go to Bristol this weekend. So what, what we do, it's pretty cool, and you can actually go on ESPN.com and sign up for it, is we take all 42 bowl games, we pick a winner, and then we rank with a confidence number how confident we are in our pick to win. So one would be the least amount of confidence. 42 would be the most amount of confidence. And we got to rank all of those games on based off of our confidence level of the team that we picked will win the game.
1: That's kind of cool.
2: It is. Yeah, it's cool. It's going to be on ESPN on uh, on a Sunday night, me and Dan Mullen and Ocho and uh, Kevin Connors. And uh, so we'll uh, – we'll back. it's really, to be honest with you, it's a show about ball busting. Excuse me. <laughs> but it's basically – wait a minute, dude. You just picked uh, San Diego State to win, but your confidence number is only an eight? What are you talking about? They're going to win that, no question. I would have given it a 23. And so it's, it's a little bit of a going back and forth and jabbing each other type of show.
1: I can't wait to see if Mullen – if Dan Mullen gets back in the game in the next year or so.
2: You know? I don't think he will. I think I I think that he's to a point now where he enjoys what he's doing. He's got young kids and making good money. He's made tremendous money. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he's just fine. Wow. That will be interesting
1: if he uh if he hangs it up for good and um after the stint at Mississippi State and, and Florida. Uh, all right, speaking of what do you make uh Deion Sanders just went through an unbelievable run here at Jackson State. Yep. And you gotta give him credit and the people sure. around him. Now he's going up to the power five level to the Pac twelve to Colorado, uh, which really hasn't been committed to football, but but they've they've had their moments a little bit in the last thirty years, especially Eric Bienami and Cordell Stewart, a little bit of this and that. Now, Southern Cal and UCLA leaving uh, kind of waters down that that comfort, so that could play in his favor. Uh, what would you define as successful? Because he ain't, he's not going 13-0, uh, I don't think. What would you define as successful at Colorado for Coach
2: Brown? The only way to accurately answer that question is if the university has decided – to change what has been very stringent admission standards for transfers, and if they've done that and he's gotten that in writing, then I think he's got an opportunity to be successful. If they haven't done that, and it's been a problem for every coach that's preceded him, um, then he's going to have some real challenges in front of him because this is this is a, a different game now, right? I mean, this is you're, you're going to have administrators involved, boosters. Uh, power brokers. Um, there's a huge expectation level that's now been set. But the only way to revamp this entire thing is probably. And if you listen to his introductory press conference, and if you listen to some of the speech that he had for the team for the first time, um, he's letting it be known that if you're not willing to compete here, go ahead and just jump in the transfer portal right now. <laughs> right. Which, which, yeah, which tells me, which tells me that maybe he has in writing, contractually the knowledge that they are going to be able to compete with their peers as it relates to getting transfers admitted into school. And if that happens, then I think they've got an opportunity to be, to be a very good football program. Now, do I think they're going to be an 11-1, 10-2 program in the next two to three years? No. Um, you know, having SC and UCLA leave the Pac-12 doesn't change the fact that SC still and UCLA are still SC and UCLA – and they're going to have a significant influence on the state of California right. where Colorado has to have a significant presence as well as Texas. So I think it's going to be a fascinating experiment. Obviously um, it's a whole different ball game at the level he's at now taking this job. Um, and, and we'll see how successful he is not just in recruiting, but, but from a transfer perspective, because keep in mind here, you know, at the opening press conference, his son's in there and he points at him. He says, there's your quarterback. Mm. Well, if you say that, you're basically telling every other quarterback on the roster that there's not going to be a competition to be the starter here. So what are those kids going to do?
1: Right. Well, that's a good point.
2: <laughs> um, so who do you think
1: is a better recruiter, Deion Sanders or Hugh Freeze? They both use the evangelical piece, but there's other things that they do that are uh, advantageous and work for them. Now, I know Dion is a massive name. He's a bigger name than Freeze because – He's arguably the best corner in the history of the game, and a first ballot Hall of Famer. But who do you think is a better recruiter, Hugh Freeze or Deion Sanders?
2: Oh my goodness, that is not only a great question but incredibly difficult to answer because it is such. They, their approach is so vastly different. I mean, you're talking about somebody in Deion Sanders that literally posts. Every step he takes of every day, in every event he's in, what he's doing on the Internet, like to the point where um, it's almost overload versus a coach in Hugh Freeze that's been doing it for a long, 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 long time and is far more experienced at doing it than Dion is Um, and also is going to be heavily involved in the X's and O's side of it. Where I don't know if Dion from aside from coaching the secondary, if he's you know going to be in charge of one side of the ball or or another. But I, I think I would, gosh, give you a definitive answer on that question. I, I want to say Hugh Freeze. The traditionalist in me wants to say Hugh Freeze. But in today's climate, how kids respond, how they react, what resonates. You can make a fair argument that it's Dion. He just hasn't done it at this level and shown any type of proof of concept yet. So I would go with you.
1: All right. Um, you know, seven and five, eight and four. If you look at Colorado the last th- thirty years, that's a success. Now that may not be enough for for Dion. Would you consider that a success if if after about five years? His average is seven and five, eight and four at Colorado. Luke's,
2: I would say, given the current state of that program, the player pool that they are drawing from, um, whether uh, that would probably be around what I'd think you could be, but if you hit on if you hit on um, the right transfers at the right positions. Who knows where it could go, right? If you hit on a, a big-time quarterback, let's just say you go out and you get a couple of difference makers along the defensive front, first-round offensive tackle, you know that they're going to get skill there. Deion Sanders is going to get skilled. Sure. They're going to flock to Boulder. So I think a lot of the answer to that depends on how well they would do in the transfer portal to help elevate the thing faster than you could, you know, say five years ago. You know, you used to not be able to. You couldn't just wave a magic wand and all of a sudden flip a roster overnight. But we kind of saw Ole Miss do that. We kind of saw USC do that. But because of the transfer portal, it allows you to get better quicker. But I think to get over that eight-win hump, they'd really have to be right on so many of the transfer portal hits. He
1: is Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. Lugs joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Okay, what if Shador can't make the jump? Then, to me... He gets ugly for a couple of years, Luke.
2: Yeah, I think he can make the jump. Um, he's capable of making the jump. We had him graded out as a power five level quarterback coming out of high school, but you are 100% right. So much of this is going to be determined um, on the quarterback position, at least early on. And, you know, let's just say that there's a struggle or maybe it's a bit of a steeper learning curve based off of his comments at, at his press conference, who else is, are you going to have in terms of depth and what's their talent level going to be if you had to turn to somebody else? Right. Um, and that's a question I don't think anybody can answer yet. Right. Now, I, I guess the sell for,
1: for Coach Prom could be, hey, is going to be a junior. And, you know, so two years max, you sit, and, you know, maybe maybe he could get a little bit of depth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trent Dilfer, former NFL QB at UAB. Now Bill Clark already proved that you could win there, and I guess sure. Bill Clark had some health issues. I hope he's okay, but yeah, he his did back
2: a, is really bad.
1: Okay, okay, he did a hell of a job there, winning a bunch of games, and there was a lot of you know kind of back and forth on whether they really wanted to have a program and so on, and evidently maybe they've committed. Um uh, we may see this model going forward, the the Deion Sanders, Trent Dilfer's, you know, former coaches get back in uh to the game. And it may it's gonna work some and for some it's not. How do you see the UAB deal?
2: Well, the timing of this thing if you're Trent Dilfer is pretty good because you finally got an on campus venue, right? I mean that that was what made what Bill Clark did even more remarkable. Is is you know, you're playing in a state where you've got Auburn and Alabama. You don't even have an on-campus stadium. Facilities were, you know, minimal at best. And you've made the, the investment to upgrade and at least be competitive within your conference. Be a team that is, is competing for a conference championship um, each and every year. I think they've proven they can do that. They certainly have the player profile uh, as far as the recruiting landscape is concerned, not just in their own state, but in, in, in every state that they border. That gives him huge advantages. So what this comes down to for, for Trent Dilfer at the collegiate level is, is who he hires. Yeah. What's the staff look like? To, do they get a bunch of grinders in recruiting? Um, does he have a mix of younger guys and older guys? What type of resources is UAB going to give him on the administrative side as far as student workers, uh, offensive and defensive analysts, uh, player personnel staffing, graphics, Internet department, the whole entire transfer portal team that does nothing but study that. Like, we don't know all the details that you're going to have to have to truly be successful just yet. But it looks like the university has at least made an investment, and they're rolling the dice here. I mean, they're, they are, um, they're, they're going with a guy that's been coaching at the high school level. Aside from that, he's played a long time in the NFL. Ironically, I think I've told you this, you know, he was my host at Fresno State when I took my official visit there. Was he really? So I've known him. Yeah, I've known him a long, long, long time, going back to 1993. Um, really, really bright, really bright, um, under, understands, I think, the layout and the makeup. Um, but, again, there's there's a lot of moving parts, right? It's not high school football. It's not, uh, And you're not going and making the move from high school to college as a GA or a position coach, right, or as a coordinator. You know, you look at you know, Gus Malzahn, you look at Hugh Freeze, you look at Art Bryles, um, you look at Todd Graham, uh, Chad Morris, all these guys make the move. And, you know, they start off as, as position coaches or coordinators. No, not the head coach. And so that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds too.
1: Tom Luganbill on the Yingling Lager guest line. Let's go back to what you'll be doing this weekend uh, in your big Capital One Bowl show on Sunday. Mississippi State and Illinois in Tampa. It's the ReliQuest yeah. Bowl. So we have uh, Mike Leach and Brett Bielema going at it. Um Size this one up a little bit for me, between Bielema and Leach.
2: Okay, so you know how we always talk about when you're playing the air raid, don't play man defense? That's all Illinois does. Illinois lines up, man-to-man, cover one, cover zero the entire game. They don't even try to hide it. So if they're going to take that mentality into the game versus Mississippi State, Illinois better be able to run the football with uh, Chase Brown who is a difference maker. He's a workhorse. Um, They've got to limit Mississippi State's possessions because there is some pretty good skill for Illinois, uh, excuse me, for Mississippi State, as we know, on offense that can create one-on-one matchups. You've got a very experienced quarterback. And so I think that it'll be interesting to see if Ryan Walters, a defensive coordinator um, at Illinois, is willing to change it up a little bit just so he doesn't put so much pressure on his back end but they kind of are what they are. I mean, they just, we're going to line up, we're going we're to rush the passer, and we're going to see if you can make tight throws into tight windows. Um, the corner, uh, Witherspoon, number 31 for Illinois, a potential first-round draft choice. They've got two defensive tackles and a defensive end that are future NFL guys. Illinois' roster is a lot better than people think it is. This is going to be a fun game to watch because the contrasting styles on offense between the two teams could not be more opposite.
1: Ooh, all right, I like that. That's in Tampa. Uh, Mike Leach and Brett Bielema. Let's go Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech has a new coach. Uh, Obviously, Ole Miss had a nice year but faltered down the stretch, and then there was a lot of drama with with Lane and so on. Some Ole Miss fans aren't happy with the way that all unfolded the last couple of weeks. We've heard from them on the show. Uh, But that's in Houston, Tom Luganville. So Ole Miss, Texas Tech, what do you see?
2: Well, of course we have this discussion. It's always hard to have it without knowing potential opt-outs, potential injuries, all of that stuff, right? Um but I, I will say this Texas Tech has given every team they've played all year long fits. They've hung around in every game. They just they just they're kind of like a gnat, right? And that quarterback and the coordinator, that Kitley, is really good at spreading the field and and moving the football. I mean, he's done it all the way back to Houston Baptist. Then he did it with Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky. Now he's at, uh, at, at Texas Tech, so that's going to be a challenge. Um, I think it goes down to what I told you about in, in, in the Egg Bowl, right, is how well can Ole Miss run the football, and are they going to have the services? Is Zach Evans back and healthy? Is he opting out? I don't, do you know the answer to that one right now? Bob? I
1: don't know. I, I wouldn't think that Zach Evans would play, but he may.
2: Exactly, and so it's so difficult. I mean, you get that one-two punch. That's that's different than not having that. It's good. It's Quinshon Dutkins is, you know, when you've got when you've got that type of mo- of momentum. I just think that the Ole Miss team will have better talent top to bottom. I think they'll be better equipped on both sides of the ball up front. Although Texas Tech is kind of a pesky group defensively. I've them a couple times last year. Um, didn't have them this year, but they they actually had some strength on that side of the ball. I think that one's a bit of a toss-up. If you get, if I, in fact, I can't tell you what I did, but off the top of my head, <laughs> off the top of my head, if we're going one through forty-two, and confidence at forty-two is I'm guaranteeing a win, and one is I do not believe in myself for picking this pick. I'd probably give that one a twenty-one, right down the middle. Okay. <laughs>
1: Good. No, I like this. Okay, maybe we'll yeah. get maybe we'll get a, a couple of good games here. I want to switch gears to uh Alabama. After thinking about it, Tom, uh they go 10 and 2 and Bryce Young had to his heroics and his play um allowed them to beat Texas and Ole Miss. Okay, so they right. could they could have dropped another game if if, it, if he wasn't such a freak and so talented. Um they seem to be trending the wrong way. Uh, for their standards. And so, I mean, yeah, let's say Ty Simpson's just a uh, a good player next year, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. Young player. He's kind of getting his feet wet. He's going to be good at times, bad at times. But looks like he's got all the potential. But he ain't going to be Bryce Young,
2: who is an absolute freak. Where does that leave us with Alabama? All right, I'm going to say something here. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. But there are a lot of rumblings out there that Drake may at North Carolina may enter the portal. Mm. If he does, he was initially committed to, to Alabama. Can you imagine if that move happened? Wow. Okay. So I think that to answer that question is to be determined. Um, whether, you know, cause Ty Simpson's a good player, but again, he's young, he's young. Sure. So, um, he hasn't played much, not everybody's Tua or Bryce young or some of those guys. So, um, I think there's so much to unpack with how teams are going to be impacted, not just in the bowl games, but next year off of what we've seen so far from opt out and in transfer portal, like, for example, we don't, we're, we're not going to know. We're doing these picks for our Capital One Bowl Mania show, and I'm having to make them. I had to complete them Monday. And <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else is going to transpire here, right? We've got over 1,000 players going to portal in 48 hours. And so you're sitting there trying to make projections on these teams in bowl season and kind of projections on them going forward. But it started getting me thinking of, you know, top available guys. If you're sitting there looking at the transfer portal, and I'll tell you, man, I'm sitting there looking at Spencer Sanders, looking at that Hugh Freeze offense. Oh, wow. It's an awfully nice nice marriage there.
1: Wow. Oklahoma State's quarterback. And think about it.
2: Think about it. He's only got one year of eligibility remaining. But what if that one year is just enough to kind of get you off the mat, get you trending in the right direction? All of a sudden you perform better because you fixed the quarterback spot. Now you're Hugh Freeze. You win more games in year one than people thought you were. We're going to now. You have momentum. I mean, think think about the tentacles that come off of that.
1: Are we going to do a hit next week, or are you out?
2: No, I, no, we'll do a hit next week. Okay, we I, to. I,
1: then we can just jump back into to Monday. The,
2: I just couldn't do it though. Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll we'll get into the uh, college football playoff, and if you believe that any of the three, um, well, yeah, three can can challenge uh, Georgia next week. Okay, hey, uh, how much of a disservice was it? Hendon Hooker was not invited to New York for the Heisman Trophy deal this weekend?
2: Uh, uh, somewhat, but I'm actually a little bit more uh, disappointed that Bijan Robinson wasn't invited. I know he's on an 8-14, pound-for-pound dude. He might be one of the best, if not the best football player uh, playing. I mean, he is that good. And I think, to be honest with you, I think the Hendon Hooker deal, a lot of that, I'm not saying it's fair, but there is validity to it. I think a lot of people feel like that's, that, that system is creating the stats. Mm. And, and maybe that hurt him a little bit. The thing that I think is odd, and I love Stetson Bennett, but to me, Stetson Bennett is in the same boat as, as Gino Toretta was in mm. 1992. Yes. He's not even the best player on his own team. No. And don't get me wrong, he's a great player. But if you're not the best player on your own team, how are you a Heisman finalist?
1: Well, he, he – I know. Who who did you – can you say who you voted for or how does that work? No. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I hope you have a good week in Bristol. Tell Dan Mullen we said hello.
3: Will do. I
1: used to have him on all the time, and now he's forgotten about me. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I even went to his charity event and all that kind of stuff with Megan, who's um, a riot. So, have fun. We'll talk next week, and we'll break down Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. Hey, and can you imagine if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, Lukes? Oh, God. Holy right? smokes. All right, be good, dude. Like
2: every year. It's every year. I know. All right, Same thing
1: with Lane Train. Thanks, Lukes. Tom Luganbill, on the Yingling Lager guest line, pair a Yingling with any burger on Bulldog Burger's menu, and you'll love Blake and I even more. In fact, show us the love that you have for us on Twitter, at Bowbounds and give us hearts and all sorts of things. Uh, or on the Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor text line, 601-885-3776. David Johnson, Inside the Rebels. Coming up next.
4: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Huh?